Hello and welcome on to another episode of the ISO Ball Podcast with your host, Derek Terrio, your place to learn about the NBA on and off the court. We did the Eastern Conference free agency moves about a week ago, including trades, who's staying, who's going, and now it's time to do the West. So the season starts, at least preseason starts, coming in a few days here, so the, the league is starting up pretty quickly, so uh, not a lot of time to get this out. Uh, I do have a lot of stuff going on in my personal life, which kind of... It kind of deterred me from getting this podcast out as soon as I would have liked to, but nonetheless, we're going to do the West as we speak, so let's not waste any time and just jump right into it. The Dallas Mavericks. Uh, the Dallas Mavericks this offseason, uh, they acquired by trade uh, James Johnson and Josh Richardson. Uh, we talked about that Josh Richardson trade uh, in a past podcast. They drafted Josh Green, 18th, Tyrell Terry, and Tyler Bay. Uh, free agents that they signed, including Freddie Gillespie, Nathan Hilton on a two-way West of Wundu and Devontae Patterson. Leaving for this team includes Seth Curry, DeLon Wright, Justin Jackson, Antonius Cleveland, Michael Kidd-Gilchrist, Courtney Lee, Josh Reeves, Dakota Mathis. And staying for this team is J.J. Beret, who was actually just signed to a veteran's minimum and then waived, uh, which means he's going to probably retire. Nice move there from Mark Cuban just to uh, give him a nice parting gift of that $2.6 million. Uh, Jalen Brunson, uh, staying Trey Burke, Willie Colley Stein, Luka Doncic, Dorian Finney Smith, Tim Hardaway Jr., Maxi Kleba, Bobar Marjanovic, Kristaps Porzingis, and Dwight Powell. So the Dallas Mavericks uh, are one of these teams prioritizing the 2021 2022 cap space, uh, looking for that max free agent to pair with Porzingis and Luka Doncic. They do have the flexibility to do that. They're going to have about $33 million in cap room and $57 million under the tax to be able to bring in uh, a max slot, which looks like they have just enough room for uh, as it stands right now. So, you know, they're going to be as competitive as they can this season, looking to try and repeat what they did last year, perhaps even better, uh, having a competitive series there with the Clippers. But ultimately, uh, it's about next season for Dallas and trying to bring, bring in that max free agent. Uh, and obviously another year of development for a guy like Luka Doncic won't hurt. Let's see if we can get more chemistry with Krip Saps Porzingis. Let's see how Tim Hardaway Jr. plays his last year on that $19 million deal. Is he going to be worth bringing back? Uh, Josh Richardson fitting in with this team as well to give them a little bit more defensive versatility, playing some three along with you know Dorian Finney-Smith, who's got $4 million for the next couple of years. So they've got some things going on here uh, in, in Dallas that, uh, you know, opt for uh, a good team, but they're going to have to play above their means if they want to go any further than they did last year. So we'll see what Dallas uh, does this year. But uh, in my opinion, they're prepping themselves for, ne for next year to try and get that max free agent. Okay, moving on. The Denver Nuggets. The Denver Nuggets drafted Zeke Nanji and RJ Hampton, 22nd for Nanji, 24th for Hampton. Uh, free agents include uh, Fusando Campazzo from Real Madrid. Sorry, I butchered that name. I apologize. Uh, Jamichael Green, uh, Isaiah Hartenstein, Marcus Howard on, on a two-way. Greg Whittington undrafted on a two-way as well. Leaving for this team include Mason Plumley, Tyler Cook, Tory Craig, Troy Daniels, Jeremy Grant, Noah Vonley, Keita Bates Jop. Excuse me, staying for this team is Will Barton, Bol Bol, PJ Dozer, Gary Harris, Nikola Jokic, Paul Millsap, Monte Morris, Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr. So the Denver Nuggets, you know, the big thing is the loss of Jeremy Grant. Obviously, we know uh, he got that three-year $60 million deal in Detroit. And that's a big loss for them at the three. And that's probably the biggest problem right now looking up and down the roster here for Denver is there's nobody to guard those high-level threes in the West right now, your LeBrons, your Paul George, your Kawhis, those type of wings, it doesn't seem like to, ha uh, and to an extent, Luka Doncic as well. There is nobody to guard those guys right now. Now, do you want to put Gary Harris? Gary Harris, fantastic defender, a little bit light in the shorts, can get overpowered. Will Barton, I don't think is that guy. Jermichael Green's more of a 4-5 defender, don't see him necessarily holding up against quicker threes. And then as you go down the list, it gets pretty thin. So that really, to me, I think is something that Denver failed to address this offseason. Somebody to guard high-end wings. And to be fair, that, that position is in demand. Somebody who can guard threes and hit three-pointers at a good enough clip to stay on the floor offensively to where they're not a liability. Those players are hard to come by. 
uh, and Denver could use one, in my opinion, pretty badly. So while this roster on paper is pretty good, you know, Jokic, Jamal Murray, who we saw, had a fantastic bubble performance. He's going to start the first year of his max extension at $27.2 million. Hopefully they're going to get Will Barton back. They didn't have him at all for the bubble. Paul Millsap is back for another year. Jamichael Green, a versatile 4-5 defender. Uh, another step forward for Michael Porter Jr. Um, and they also, will, I'm pretty sure, are going to get some minutes from Compazzo. He seems like a guy uh, in Real Madrid that they want to see do some things at the backup point guard spot. So, again, we're going to see what happens here. RJ Hampton is going to get some minutes. Bull Bull is going to get some minutes. We'll see what we'll see what happens. The roster looks pretty good. Uh, on paper, but it's that three, it's that high level three that they're missing that I think is going to be a problem for them. And so let's see uh, as they move into the playoffs, and I believe this team will make the playoffs. Uh, and oh, obviously, they're sorry, the extension of Monte Morris, three years, 27 million uh, as well for Monte Morris. Nice extension for him. He's going to be the primary backup, and then uh, Composo, probably the third guard, uh, point guard off the bench. But in the playoffs, we're going to see how much. They're going to miss having this Jeremy Grant-level defender uh, to go out there and put on some of the high-level wings in the Western Conference at the highest level. Okay, the Golden State Warriors. Golden State Warriors acquired uh, Kelly Oubre by trade uh, from Phoenix. We uh, talked about that in a past podcast with the Chris Paul trade. They drafted James Wiseman. They drafted Nico Mannion in the four, uh, in the second round, 48th. And uh, Justina Jessup as well, 51st. They signed Kent Bazemore, Dwayne Sutton, Axel Tupin, Brad, Brad Wanamaker, Caleb Wesson. Uh, leaving this team is Dragon Bender and Kai Bowman. And staying is the majority of the roster here. Uh, Marquise Chris, Steph Curry, Draymond Green, Damian Lee, Kevon Looney, Michael Mulder, Eric Paschal, Jordan Poole, Alan Smilagich, Clay Thompson. We'll talk about him in a second. Uh, Juan Tusco Anderson and Andrew Wiggins. So... For the Warriors here, the big thing to talk about is the Clay Thompson Achilles tear. That is such a just such a terrible thing to hear uh, about Clay Thompson. You really were hoping to see him come back from that ACL tear that he had in the 2019 Finals against the Toronto Raptors. And as he's looking to ramp up his activity, he tears his Achilles and is going to be out at least one more year. So Clay Thompson by no fault of his own, has become, unfortunately, one of the worst contracts in the league now, given his injury history. And when he comes back at 32, 33, you know, he's going to be owed 37 million, 30, or sorry, 37 million, 40 million, and then 43 million. So unfortunate situation for him, unfortunate situation for the Warriors. But as, as it pertains to this roster, it's an interesting mix of group of guys, right? Because Obviously, Steph Curry is good to go. He only had a hand injury, so I think people forget. Uh, Steph has feel like it, it's felt like Steph has been out for so long, but it's really only because the Warriors weren't good last year and he was recovering from a broken hand. So he's going to be back, likely with fresh legs. You got Andrew Wiggins coming back. He again feels like his contract goes on forever, but uh, he's owed twenty nine million next year, or this year, thirty one next year, thirty three the year after that. Can he take a step forward in another year? With the Warriors here, Kelly Oubre is going to have some minutes, most likely in the starting lineup. Um, James Wiseman, we'll see how they deploy Wiseman, whether they want him to come off the bench or try to uh, throw him in the starting lineup and get him in the in the mold right away next to Draymond Green. And Brand and Kevon Looney would come off the bench in that case. Brad Wanamaker showed some great things as a backup point guard with the Celtics. I think that was a nice pickup for the Warriors as well. Um, for the minimum, it looks like. Uh, for Brad Wanamaker, and they'll get his restricted rights. And Jordan Poole, who, you know, showed some things last year, but, you know, not overall a very effective player. He's going to be battling with Wanamaker for those backup point guard minutes. Uh, minutes, I assume, are going to go the to Wanamaker for the majority. You got Marquise Chris, who still uh, is looking to find his way in the in the league after, you know, a disappointing draft uh, by Phoenix and really hasn't found a place where he can stick. Uh, and then Kent Bazemore, Alan Schmeiligich, and Eric Paschal all fill out the roster there, uh, along with Michael Mulder, who showed some stuff later in the last season. So, you know, the Warriors, they're going to be competitive. I'm going to say they're going to be competitive. Are they a championship contender? No, I don't think so. It is this going to be the year we finally see Steph Curry 
take the reins and just go absolutely ballistic and have uh, a basic a heliocentric uh, you know MVP year where he just basically takes this roster, shoots the lights out, and kind of does his own thing. Maybe we'll see what happens. But uh, I wouldn't sleep on the Warriors this year. I don't think they're going to be awful. I think they're a playoff team personally. I don't think they're a championship contender, but I think they're feisty. I think they're going to be a playoff team, and I think uh, they're going to you're going to be surprised that they're still in it uh, come. Uh, playoff time in what was is it? I guess July this year, July August. I'm not sure exactly. I gotta check the schedule again. But yeah, Golden that is Golden State. Okay, let's move on to Houston. The Houston Rockets. Houston Rockets acquired John Wall for Russell Westbrook. Okay, so we have to talk about this. This hasn't been discussed yet. So the the trade was John Wall for Russell Westbrook and a protected first round pick. A pick that basically can only go as high as ninth if it conveys you know, six or seven years down the line. The protections only allow it to go as high as ninth. So what do you think about this deal for the Houston Rockets? Well, I mean, for the Houston Rockets and the Washington Wizards, I mean, this is just a wash to me. Like, I don't I don't think any team necessarily wins uh, in this scenario. To me, it's just they're trading problems to, to me. You know, John Wall has his own issues. Uh, you know, obviously we understand what those are coming out of injury. hasn't played in almost two calendar years. Uh, we don't know what he looks like. And, you know, his game is, you know, very similar to that of Westbrook, but maybe a bit of a better passer, maybe uh, actually definitely a better three-point shooter. You can't just necessarily leave John Wall if he's open out there like you can Westbrook. Uh, and he'll be able to run, obviously, uh, the second unit and play uh, next to James Harden, theoretically. So, you know, it's we'll see what happens for Houston, but... Um, to me, to get a, I think it's the first round pick, honestly, that makes it for them to get back some of their draft assets that they gave all away for Westbrook uh, is kind of nice for them, uh, just to recoup some assets and understand that the the window I think has closed at this point for the championship for the Houston Rockets, and that that's what this is about, right? You know, you know, Westbrook obviously not taking the, the Houston Rockets uh, to a championship. He's not, he can't be the best player on a championship team. We've seen that. Um, he may not even be able to be the second best player on the championship team uh, from what we've seen so far. So to basically punt on your championship aspirations, get some draft picks back, you know, maybe use some of those picks in the future to try to retool while getting uh, a guy like John Wall that actually wants to be there, uh, is younger than Westbrook as well, I think is probably a good move here for the Houston Rockets. And I think it's equally good for Washington, to be honest. I think, I know this is the Western Conference section, but we'll touch on it quickly. You know, Washington... Gets Westbrook, who, you know, was a third third team All-NBA last year. I mean, he was fantastic. Now, that was primarily in a system with five-out shooting where he was allowed to just completely attack the basket with no center on the floor. Uh, the the optics and the situation were set up perfectly for, for Westbrook to succeed. I don't know that he has that specific situation in Washington, so his effectiveness could be diminished somewhat. But I still think that he can be an effective player in the right situation. Washington does have some shooting around Westbrook, uh, you know, with Beal, Bertans, uh, uh, guys of that ilk. Uh, Troy Brown can shoot it a little bit. So um, we'll see what he does in, uh, in Washington. I don't think that makes Washington a playoff team either. Uh, just like the, I think the Rockets might be a playoff team, maybe, but I'm not sure. But I don't think Washington uh, is a playoff team, unfortunately. Uh, with the the acquisition of Westbrook. Okay, sorry, back to Houston. So they traded for John Wall. They drafted Kenyon Martin Jr. in the second round, uh, and they signed uh, Sterling Brown. I like that pickup there for the Houston Rockets. They took uh, DeMarcus Cousins. They signed Cousins uh, to a deal. They got Jerry and Grant. Uh, they got Jason Tate, uh, Broderick Thomas, Christian Wood, which was their big signing this offseason. And leaving is a long list of guys. Robert Covington, Damari Carroll, Tyson Chandler, Michael Frazier, Jeff Green, Luke Bamute, Austin Rivers, Thabo Cephalosha, Isaiah Hartenstein, and Westbrook. And staying for this team is Bruno Caboclo, Chris, Ke sorry, Chris Clemens, Eric Gordon, Gerald Green, uh, James Harden, who we'll talk about in a second, Daniel House, Ben McLemore, David Nwaba, and P.J. Tucker. So in addition to the Westbrook trade, uh, the next biggest move I would say would be the acquisition of Christian Wood. Uh, who I thought was going to get more than the mid-level. And when Frank Isola initially reported that he got three years, $27 million, I was just I was completely shocked because I thought that that was just a steal for the Houston Rockets. I couldn't even believe 
that somebody got him for that price. But unfortunately, that was not the case, at least for Houston's case, uh, it was unfortunate. They got him for three years, $41 million, which is still, I think, a great price personally for Christian Wood. I think that's a fantastic price. I thought he was going to get like somewhere close to $60 million guaranteed. Instead, he gets 41 over three years. Um, and so that's that's their definitely their best pickup. So again, we talked about John Wall. Can Eric Gordon get back to some semblance of what he used to be? Again, making 16 million this year, 18 next year, 19 the year after that, and a team option for 20 uh, in 23-24. Uh, you know, Ben McLemore coming back. Uh, so is Bruno Caboclo. Yeah, Jerry Grant, Grant Nawaba, Sterling Brown, Gerald Green. And then DeMarcus Cousins. Let's see what Cousins can give them. Again, he's another guy who's coming off a lot of different injuries. What does he have left in the tank? Can he provide some good stuff there at backup center? Uh, which basically uh, which basically also signals the complete punting of the Daryl Morey strategy of having no center. And basically just going five out with like five wings and guards. It's clear they want to play with a center. Uh, Steven Silas seems to want to change up uh, what they had uh, in terms of scheme. Uh, over there with Mike D'Antoni. And, you know, James Harden has asked for a trade. We uh, This is this is not breaking news by any means, but he's, James Harden wants out. He's expanding his list of teams, as I record this, to Brooklyn, the Bucks, the Miami Heat, and the Sixers, uh, all contending teams in my eyes. Uh, so let's see what happens. I mean, James Harden clearly feels that his time in Houston has concluded. The Houston Rockets have no pressure to cha- to trade James Harden. I think uh, that he can still play a whole nother year um, in Houston and be fine in terms from Houston perspective. But they have to understand the longer you keep Harden, the less and less value he has because he's going to be locked up for less and less time as well. So he's due forty-one million this year. 44 next year, and then a player option for 47 in 22-23, which you could easily opt out of. <coughs> excuse me, for uh, more guaranteed years in that case. So James Harden clearly wants a trade. We'll see how committed he is to this team going forward. Uh, at least while he's on the team, we'll see what kind of James Harden he, year he has. But I think Houston is a playoff team. Uh, but by no means do I believe that they're a contender. Okay. The Los Angeles Clippers. The Clippers. They acquired Luke Kennard via trade. We talked about that three-way trade between the Nets, the Pistons, and the Clippers a couple podcasts ago. They drafted Daniel Aturu, 33rd. Jay Scrub, they signed uh, with the 55th pick. They also got Nicholas Batum, who was bought out, obviously, uh, from Charlotte to make room for the Gordon Hayward signing. They signed Nicholas Batum. They got Kai Bowman. They got Mikhail Fitz uh, undrafted, Jordan Ford undrafted, Serge Ibaka, Rajon Tucker. And leaving for this team was Landry Shamit, Rodney Magruder, Jamichael Green, Montrez Harrell, Jonathan Motley, uh, Joakim Noah, who retired. A fantastic career uh, from Joakim Noah. Kudos to him in his retirement. He had a fantastic career. And Justin Patton. Staying for this team, as of right now, at least, uh, is Patrick Beverly, Amir Coffey, Paul George, Reggie Jackson, uh, Fiondu Cavangeli, Kawhi Leonard, Terrence Mann, Marcus Morris, who got re-signed, Patrick Patterson, Lou Williams, and Avicii Zubac. So, the Clippers obviously have one more year left in this window with Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Next year, both will have player options for about... Um, well, 37.8 for Paul George, 36 for Kawhi, respectively. They are likely to opt out of those deals to try and get longer-term deals, uh, barring any unforeseen circumstances. Marcus Morris got re-signed four years, 64 million. You know, he's kind of become an underrated player over the last few years, but now I think is paid adequately. Uh, you know, for his services, he can really put the ball in the bucket. He's a good leader. Uh, he's at, he's more than adequate defensively. I like Mar- Marcus Morris' game. And uh, Serge Ibaka got signed for the full MLE of 9.2 million. He's going to be uh, the likely the primary center there for the Clippers. I thought this was a great pickup for the Clippers to get Serge Ibaka. I think that he fits all the he checks all the boxes. He can stretch the floor. He's a shot blocker at the rim, although maybe not the same one he was back in Oklahoma City. He had to me some of his best years uh, in those three or four years with the Raptors. Uh, I really loved as a Raptor fan. I really loved Serge Ibaka year in year out. He's got a mid range game. He can finish around the basket. He can operate in pick and roll. He's he's a very 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 good center. I think even to this day. I, I'm even surprised he got just the the, the mid level because I thought he was going to get more than that even as a center. So, great pickup 
for the Clippers, and that's going to replace, I guess, the loss of Montrez Harrell, um, who's a very, a very different player than Ibaka, but I think Ibaka fits more of the needs of the Clippers, you know, than Harrell did. I think, I think you know, you could have uh, something on the second unit that doesn't necessarily involve a guy uh, like Montrez Harrell. Like, I, I, like, he was good, don't get me wrong. He was in the regular season. He was sixth man of the year. He was bad in the bubble. Uh, we so we saw that pretty clearly, but I think there's I think their second unit can survive. You know I think you can put, you know uh, Reggie Jackson and Orlu Williams out there along with Zubach, you know Luke Kennard, Nicholas Batum, Patrick Patterson. I think you can do that and just stay afloat, and maybe uh, you know stagger uh, Paul George and Kawhi Leonard have one of them uh, stay on the court at all times, and I think you're going to be okay for the Clippers. But uh, to me, I like. The, uh, the bringing back of Batum and Reggie Jackson, both for the minimum. I think that those are two good pickups for the minimum. Great signing in Serge Ibaka, and I like the Marcus Moore signing as well. So overall, I like the Clippers offseason. I think they're jumped right back into contenders for the title this year. Obviously, Paul George needs to be better. Uh, now that they're going to have Tyron Lue as their new coach as well, we'll see what that does. But I think this team is going to be just fine. They're going to be a contender uh, for next year, in my opinion. Okay. The other LA team, the Los Angeles Lakers, the the defending Los Angeles, or sorry, champions Los Angeles Lakers. The first thing we're going to talk about is the signing of the Supermax from Anthony Davis. Five years, $190 million. There was some talk that he might take the 2 plus 1 to get 10 years of service, re-sign, a max, re-sign for the 35% max, but instead Davis goes and opts for five years at the 30% max, and uh, he said he did a lot of that because of uh, in his injuries, past injury risk. Wanted to lock in his money. Uh, wanted to make sure that he uh, took care of him and his family. Uh, makes total sense to me personally. I think he's going to be. I think he's going to be able to get a contract even after the five years is over. Uh, possibly at the full max as well, the full thirty-five, I should say. So not not hating whatsoever on the decision from Anthony Davis. I think he made the right move uh, here by doing that. So uh, the Los, sorry, Los Angeles Lakers acquire Alfonso McKinney and Dennis Schroeder. We talked about the Dennis Schroeder trade. And they also signed Marcus Gasol, Montrez Harrell, and Wesley Matthews. Three big-time free agent signings there. But they also lost Danny Green. They lost JaVale McGee. They lost Dwight Howard. They lost Avery Bradley. They lost Rajon Rondo, J.R. Smith, and Dion Waiters. So staying for this team is Kostas Antetokounmpo, Contavious Caldwell-Pope, Alex Caruso, Quinn Cook, Anthony Davis, Jared Dudley, Taylor Horton Tucker, LeBron James, Kyle Kuzma, and Markeith Morris. So, uh, Lakers also had a nice offseason. Three big-time signings for them, in my opinion, uh, in guys like Montrez Harrell, Wesley Matthews, the re-signing of Contavious Caldwell-Polk. He got uh, a nice deal, uh, two years, I think about $27 million, uh, with that for uh, 14 million on the third year, uh, non-guaranteed or only partially guaranteed, I should say. Um, and their last signing, Marcus Gasol, for looks like two years at the veterans minimum for Gasol here. So Harold Gasol and Wesley Matthews, three big-time signings, in my opinion, uh, for the Los Angeles Lakers. Uh, Gasol giving them that defensive anchor, uh, that that you know quarterback of your defense per se, and will give you that passing option on offense. You can deploy him on the on this in the starting lineup or on the second unit. I think both will work for him. You know, Montrez Harrell and Dennis Schroeder are both going to kind of replicate that uh, kind of Lou Williams Harrell pick and roll that they had going on in uh, the other Los Angeles with the Clippers. They're going to try to recreate that here with the Lakers. I would think two six man of the year candidates. I thought Dennis Schroeder should have won. Montrez Harrell did win. So them those two together on the second unit are going to be uh, really really good. And Contavious Caldwell-Pope played fantastic in the NBA Finals. He was a great guy to bring back. And Wesley Matthews at the one year at the BAE, um, the biannual exception. And I think he's going to be a guy that can defend on the wing. I think uh, Wesley Matthews has been underrated for a long time now. Uh, he's a guy who shoots at three at a high level, who plays hard. He's a good locker room guy. He he, he, he just guards. He, gets, he goes out there and he guards his guy the best he can. And some defense on this team never hurts, uh, especially with their defensive identity winning them uh, the title last year. So, Great offseason for the Lakers. I mean, I think that they had uh, a great offseason, all things considered. Um, and I think they're right there uh, with the rest of the league in terms of contenders to win the championship once again. The Los Angeles Lakers, I think, are would be favorites, in fact, 
to win the title next year as of right now before I see anything. Uh, if uh, nothing else happens and I have to pick a title, uh, a team to win the title, I'm going to pick the Lakers again, given their personnel. So the Lakers had a great offseason, championship contenders, championship favorites in my eyes, and uh, we'll see what happens with, the, with this team. Okay, moving on to the Memphis Grizzlies. Uh, the Memphis Grizzlies acquired Mario Hazonia via trade. They drafted Desmond Bain, 30th overall. They drafted Xavier Tillman, 35th. They signed Killian Tilly out uh, of Gonzaga. They uh, sh signed Sean McDermott and Jaleel Tripp, uh, some undrafted guys here. Uh, leaving this team was Josh Jackson, Anthony Tolliver, and Utah, Utah Wananabe. Staying with this team is Grayson Allen, Kyle Anderson, Brandon Clark, Dylan Brooks, Courtney Jang, Marco Guterich, Jaron Jackson, John Conchar, DeAnthony Melton, Tyus Jones, John Morant, Jonte Porter, Jonas Valanciunas, and Justice Winslow. So the Memphis Grizzlies continuing their impressive rebuild here with some good talent. Uh, they obviously are building now around John Moran and Jaron Jackson Jr. as their two cornerstone pieces. They've got Tyus Jones as a nice backup point guard here, which is a good, which is good to fill that backcourt. And they've got DeAnthony Melton, who signed uh, looks like three years at the full, uh, yeah, looks like at the full mid level. Uh, for DeAnthony Melton, uh, that's a great uh, signing for him. I really liked. I thought he he. I think he was drafted uh, in the second round a few years back. I thought that he was a first round talent. I don't know why he slipped so much. Um, and again, guys like Brandon Clark showed a lot of good stuff last year. Uh, you know, Grayson Allen, who still has room to grow as a shooter. Uh, Jonte Porter, who a lot of guys are excited about over there in Memphis. You know, Desmond Bain, who uh, a lot of people love that pick. Same with Xavier Tillman, who can play some 4-5. Killian Tilly, who was a sniper. So, and Justice Winslow, who they're going to have back. Totally forgot about Winslow, uh, who, you know, suffered an injury. He's going to be back most likely this year. So, you know, this Memphis team looking a little feisty. Looking a little feisty this year. I think they're going to be in the mix there for the play-in game, if not the playoffs, like they were last year. Uh, and another year of growth from John Morant. Uh, along with this roster, I think is going to be good uh, for the Memphis Grizzlies. So they're not in championship contention yet, but they're they're getting there. They're getting there. A lot, I like a lot of the things you know that they're doing here, and uh, it's uh, it's going to be interesting to see how they continue to grow uh, as they do have uh, a couple of uh, a couple of nice assets too. They got their own uh, 2021 first round pick. They've got 20. Um, they've got Golden State's uh, first round pick as well. It seems. And 2024, so they've got a couple of assets here to use going forward, and uh, we'll see, we'll see what happens. But uh, the Memphis Grizzlies looking good, continuing uh, to to rebuild, not in championship contention yet, but on the right track, in my opinion. Okay, moving forward, the Minnesota Timberwolves. So, the Timberwolves acquired Ed Davis via trade. They got Ricky Rubio on draft night as well. Ricky Rubio making his return to Minnesota. Uh, they drafted Anthony Edwards, first overall, Leandro Balmero, 23rd, and Jaden McDaniels, 28th. They had three picks there in the first round. Uh, they uh, signed Tyler Cook, Ashton Haggins, undrafted out of Kentucky, uh, and they also got Rondé Hollis-Jefferson. Leaving this team was James Johnson, Alan Crabb, Kalen Martin, Jordan McLaughlin, Evan Turner, uh, who retired, actually. Uh, I think he's uh, going to be an assistant coach there for the Boston Celtics. Good for him. Uh, Omari Spellman and Jacob Evans. Uh, so staying with this team, Malik Beasley, Jared Culver, uh, Juancho Hernan Gomez, Jake Lehman, Jalen Noel, Josh Kogi, Nas Reed, D'Angelo Russell, Jared Vanderbilt, and Carl Anthony Towns. So the Timberwolves team is kind of a tough team to get a hold of because, you know, on paper it looks good, right? You got Russell and Towns and Malik Beasley who should real uh, who they. Uh, signed uh, to a big deal who realistically should take a step forward. And it's not a crazy deal in my opinion either. Uh, you know, Ricky Rubio, $17 million a year, still going to be a great backup point guard. You still got something out of Jarrett Cole. It's just like should get something out of Jarrett Culver. Ed Davis, solid backup center. You know, Juancho Hernan Gomez realistically can score the ball. Josh Okogie, great 3 and D defender. Ronda Hellas Jefferson, Hustle Jefferson, as we used to call him in Toronto, uh, had a great, you know, one year there and provided some good value when he was on the floor. I think like this team should be good, but like again, I just don't see where they're who 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 are they stopping? Who are they stopping with this roster? Like, 
Towns and Russell, not a necessarily good pick-and-roll pairing if you put those guys in pick-and-roll. You know, Rubio, okay, you know, he's still a uh, an above-average defensive player, but, you know, nothing special. You know, Malik Beasley doesn't guard. Anthony Edwards, not touted for his defense. Neither is Jarrett Culver. You know, Ed Davis, okay, at backup center, okay, maybe you've got something there. You know, Jake Lehman doesn't guard. Neither does Wontorin and Gomez. O Okogi guards. Okogi plays defense. He he can be a solid defender. But again, rookies like Jaden McDaniel, Jared Vanderbilt, who hasn't shown much. And, you know, okay, Rondé Hollis-Jefferson, but how much time is he going to get on the floor? Like, there's so many... Um, there's so many questions here defensively for this team. And while I think they can be really good offensively, they're going to have to be extremely good offensively for them to make the playoffs in a competitive Western Conference who just is loaded with talent here. So, you know, the Minnesota Timberwolves, they're going to have to really outperform their offensive potential. And they're going to have to be, like, at least, you know, not completely bottom of the the league defensively if they want to even a stiff a playoff for but birth but right now I don't see them as a playoff team uh unfortunately let's see what Anthony Edwards is maybe Anthony Edwards is just this unstoppable force that we didn't um that we didn't project was going to translate to the next level but right now I don't see it uh in terms of the playoffs for this Minnesota team okay moving on the New Orleans Pelicans they acquired Steven Adams via trade, along with Eric Bledsoe. Again, remember the Drew Holiday trade where they got Bledsoe. Uh, Kiara Lewis, they signed, They drafted 13th. They also uh, signed Raleigh Alkins. They signed Wendon Gabriel, Willie Hernan Gomez. Uh, they signed Najee Marshall, an undrafted two-way. Jared Utah from Washington as well. Leaving this team is Drew Holiday, Darius Miller, Jaleel Okafor, Derek Favors, Zalen Cheatham, Josh Gray, Frank Jackson, Etwan Moore, Kendrick Williams, all the all leaving this team. Staying for this team is Nikhil Alexander-Walker, uh, Lonzo Ball, Tony Carr, Josh Hart, Jackson Hayes, Brandon Ingram, Nicolo Melli, J.J. Reddick, Sandarius Thornwell, and Zion Williamson. So the New Orleans Pelicans obviously didn't perform as well as they would like to in the bubble. They traded for Steven Adams. Now, this is an interesting trade. I do I, I like Steven Adams. You know what I mean? I Sure, Steven Adams is great. Uh, they extended him for two more years at 17.5 million per year after this year uh, as well. So they're they're bringing in Stephen Adams as a you know so like a, a long not long term piece but a medium term piece we'll call it. And ideally he's going to play next to Zion Williamson, and that to me is a, not a great fit uh, if you are the New Orleans Pelicans. You know Zion obviously not a shooter, a guy that's really trying to get to the rim. Really trying to use his athleticism to finish around the rim, and Stephen Adams, you know, we we know Stephen Adams is nowhere nowhere even close to a shooter, despite me seeing him make three or four threes in a row uh, when I went to see him against the Detroit Pistons last year in Detroit uh, in warmups. But that's that's besides the point here. Uh, Stephen Adams is not taking any outside shots, and Zion Williams Williamson is taking very few of them, and so he needs to have a spacing five for him to succeed uh, at, at the highest levels. And I don't think that the New Orleans Pelicans got that personally. They didn't get that. Um, Brandon Ingram did sign the max. They signed Brandon Ingram to the max, which is which is good for them. Good for the New Orleans Pelicans here. Obviously locking him up for the long term. That's great to see. Uh, they've got Eric Bledsoe, who I'm going to assume is going to play backup point guard to Lonzo Ball. I mean, I would think that's the case here. Um, you're bringing back JJ Redick. He's got one more year in New Orleans, and obviously you're building around Zion Williamson. Josh Hart uh, is likely, I'm gonna guess, I guess is gonna play at the two of the three next to Lonzo Ball, and you're gonna get a lot of bigger minutes here from Nikhil Alexander Walker, who I'm still high on. So, you know, the Pelicans are moving somewhere in the right direction. I didn't like the Stephen Adams uh, signing. The, or the trade, his fit with Zion is very questionable to me. I don't, I don't necessarily like that. But everything else, I, I don't mind here. You, you know, you still got Zion. You got Brandon Ingram at the max here. You're gonna have to make a decision on Lonzo Ball, who's a restricted free agent uh, next year and extension eligible as of right now. Uh, you still got, you know, Jackson Hayes, who unfortunately they, they look, they've looked like they've given up on with the signing of Stephen Adams. And you got, you know, Josh Hart for another year at $3 million. He's going to be due uh, a contract, probably going to be properly paid as he should be. I'm a big fan of Josh Hart. I think he uh, deserves a bigger contract than $3.5 million, and he is going to get that in restricted free agency next offseason more than likely. 
So this Pelicans team is building towards something clearly, but again, to me, not a playoff team in my eyes. All right, the Oklahoma City Thunder. Oh my goodness, this is going to be a long list, okay? Okay, so acquired by trade, they got Trevor Ariza, Josh Gray, George Hill, Al Horford, Justin Jackson, TJ Leaf, Darius Miller, Ty Jerome, Admiral Schofield, and Kendrick Williams, all acquired by trade. They drafted Alexei Pokashevsky, 17th, Theo Maladon, 34th, and then Vit Krejci, 37th. They signed free agents, Moses Brown, Josh Hall, Frank Jackson, Melvin Frazier, and uh, Valisai Micic uh, from overseas in Europe. Leaving this team is Chris Paul, Dennis Schroeder, Abdel Nader, Stephen Adams, Deontay Burton, Danilo Gallinari, (laughs) Devin Hall, Kevin Harvey, Nerlens Noel, Andre Robinson, uh, and Leangelo Ball, who went to Detroit. I can't believe they have him still on the roster here. And uh, yeah, so that's all the guys that were leaving. It's unbelievable. And staying for this team is Darius Baisley, Hamadou Diallo, Lou Dort, Shea Gilgis-Alexander, Mike Muscala, Isaiah Roby. This is a huge roster turnover. This is one of the biggest roster turnovers I've seen in some time. And, you know, this Oklahoma City team clearly to me is not a playoff team, but I think they can be good. I don't think this is the worst team in the West, actually. You know, Shea is going to now has been given kind of the keys to the car, so to speak. He's going to have a chance to basically run the show over there in Oklahoma City. Uh, Al Horford, I think, is a nice pick-and-roll pairing with him. Trevor Ariza can defend on the wing. George Hill, uh, you know, can hit threes at a high level, play backup point guard. Darius Miller coming off an Achilles. Yeah, but he is a sniper. You know, Polkashevsky is going to have a chance to play. He's a boomer bust prospect. Darius Baisley showed, I think, a lot last year. And, uh, you know, so did you know, Ty Jerome has a, uh, a nice chance uh, to prove some stuff. And I'm a big fan of Frank Jackson as a scorer. I think, I think he's an underrated player as well. So, you know... Oklahoma City has a little thing going on here. This is clearly a rebuild, but in terms of this year, I think they're going to be sneakily better than people think. I'm not sure what their over-under is in terms of wins, but I'm likely going to bet the over unless uh, Vegas is thinking similarly to me. So... Uh, And they have, obviously, like a trillion draft picks. Like, I think like 17 draft picks over the next six years or something stupid like that. So, you know, the Thunder are just loaded with assets, loaded with flexibility. They've done a great job here, in my opinion. They're going to have 60 million in space next year. Like 60 million in space. That's assuming no Trevor Ariza, no George Hill, no Darius Miller, no TJ Leaf, no Justin Jackson, uh, no Mike Mascala, and no Hamadou Diallo. Uh, and, or Isaiah Roby. If you take all of those guys off the books, they're going to have 60 million in space. Like, that's crazy. That's nuts to me. So, we'll see. I mean, Their team salary is less than the, the amount of space that they have next offseason, uh, assuming all those guys don't resign. So, again, we'll see, we'll see what's going on. But Oklahoma City is going to be sneaky competitive, but uh, I don't necessarily think that they're going to be a playoff team, but they're mo- most obviously on the right track with all the assets that they've accumulated. Okay, moving on to the Phoenix Suns here. The Phoenix Suns made some interesting moves this offseason. They acquired Abdel Nader and Chris Paul via trade. We talked about that already. They drafted Jalen Smith 10th overall. They signed um, Tyshawn Alexander, Jay Crowder, Langston Galloway, Damian Jones, Etwan Moore, and Jonathan Motley. And leaving this team is Ricky Rubio, Ty Jerome, Kelly Oubre, Jalen LeCue, Aaron Baines, Chuck Diallo, Frank Kaminsky, Tyreek Owens, Elia Kobo, and Kelgen Belvins. Uh, they staying with this team obviously is DeAndre Ayton, Devin Booker, Mikael Bridges, Javon Carter, Cameron Johnson, Elia Kobo, Cameron Payne, and Dario Saric. So this Phoenix team is gonna is looking to be competitive with their signings. It's clear that that was the goal this year. They they got Chris Paul via trade. That was something that they really wanted to do. They've got their point guard now they're they're you know all-star or i guess if we would call it last year all nba level point guard they've got booker there's their superstar well not superstar but uh all-star player who they're they are now building around and rightfully so deandre ayton looking to take another step this year going to be a fantastic pick and roll player with chris paul jay crowder guards on the wing he got three years at the full mid-level and rightfully so. Jake Router, uh, can hit, he can hit some threes in the right situation. He's going to get a lot of those threes to be able to hit. He guards anybody that's in front of him. Uh, you can say the same thing about Mikhail Bridges, who profiles as a very similar player, maybe can do a little bit more off the dribble than Jake Router. 
Dario Saric, a great guy at the four. Still think that he have, can provide some value. Jalen Smith as a rookie. They're going to bring him into the mold. Cameron Johnson, who I thought when they drafted him, he was old. I said, he's, he's too old to be drafted. Well, he provided a lot of value last year. And for for what he's bringing, and, and especially with his shooting, he's a, he's a nice piece here for the Phoenix Suns. Same with Langston Galloway playing at the two. I think he's, he's going to be great. Cameron Payne and Javon Carter battling for backup point guard minutes. I think that's going to provide some good... Uh, stuff between the two of those guys. And then you got Abdel Nader who can uh, show some stuff at times, and so can Etuan Moore. So there's a lot of good pieces here for the Phoenix Suns. I think that they did. They had a great offseason. I don't think they sacrificed anything in terms of their future to bring in a guy like Chris Paul. I think they're still well uh, in their means of being able uh, to compete now and build for the future. Um, he, Chris, uh, Chris Paul is not sacrificing anything for them per se. He's only making them more competitive in the immediate future. And I think this is a playoff team. I think the Phoenix Suns are a playoff team. Uh, let's see what they can do going forward here. But to me, this Suns team is going to make the playoffs, whether it's through the play-in or in the in, in the later, sorry, in the latter seeds with seven, six, seven, eight, or in the play in the play-in tournament. Book the Phoenix Suns for a playoff team. I think they are going to make it this season. Okay. The Portland Trailblazers acquired Robert Covington and Ennis Cantor. Great pickup by Covington there. They drafted CJLB 46th. They signed uh, Derek Jones Jr. and Harry Giles. Leaving this team is Trevor Ariza, Mario Hazonia, Jalen Adams, Moses Brown, Wendon Gabriel, Jalen Horde, Caleb Swanigan, and Hassan Whiteside. Staying with this team is Carmelo Anthony, uh, Zach Collins, Rodney Hood, Damian Lillard, Nasir Little. C.J. McCollum, Yusuf Nurkic, Anthony Simons, and Gary Trent. So, for the Trailblazers, um, they had a nice offseason, actually. I kind of like what they did here. You know, Rodney Hood, let's see, they must know something that we don't, uh, bringing him back, uh, you know, at $10 million this year, non-guaranteed uh, $10 million next year, so at least that. But they must know something we don't, bringing him back, coming off the torn Achilles, Derek Jones Jr. at the full mid-level for two years, I think, was a great great grab for them. He's going to be their guy that they're going to deploy at the three. They signed, or no, sorry, not signed, but they traded for Robert Covington. Again, a great help defender. Uh, he's going to provide some value on the defensive end for the Trailblazers, specifically as a help defender. He could play the three or the four. You know, they're going to have a full year of Zach Collins. He's a restricted free agent next year. They're going to want to make a decision on him. Hopefully they can get something out of Anthony Simons, who I think they're still high on. Same with Nisir Little as a guy who can defend. They're bringing back Carmelo Anthony for the minimum. Harry Giles coming back. Uh, not coming back, sorry. Getting signed for the minimum. Uh, and Gary Trent, who's still playing on a minimum deal, although he is not a minimum player. Uh, he's going to be a restricted free agent. He's going to be properly paid. And if he plays anything like he did in the bubble, he's going to get some big money. And then Ennis Cantor, uh, who's coming for the room exception here. Uh, for one year, he's going to play backup center. So, you know, I kind of like what the Portland Trailblazers did. Like, I, th I think they added some pieces defensively. I think they were kind of scattered, you know, with the use of Nurkic, Nurkic injury for most of the year. He didn't really play. But now they've got a full season with their full team together, injury-free, everybody healthy. And I think that this is most more than clearly a playoff team, in my opinion, uh, in the Western Conference. I think that this team is most certainly uh, going to make the postseason, uh, and they've done a lot of things well. Uh, in my opinion, they've done a lot of things well, uh, added uh, people defensively, added some projects in Harry Giles, who I think has, still has some stuff left in the tank. You know, Derek Jones Jr. has some good athleticism there. And another year of Damian Lillard, who, you know, Lillard is was just crazy good in the bubble. Like, just so damn good in the bubble. Uh, he's just fantastic. Same with, same with CJ McCollum. These guys are coming back, and hopefully they can uh, they can make a push get back to that conference finals and maybe even a championship. I think uh, the Portland Trailblazers playing at their highest level have the ability to do that. Again, let's be clear though. I'm not saying that the Trailblazers are a championship contender. I'm just saying that if everything falls right for them, they could be competitive in the Western Conference Finals and possibly make an upset. That's if everything goes right. Just wanted to be clear about that. Okay, the Sacramento Kings. These Sacramento Kings, uh, first of all, let's talk about it. Darren Fox gets 
the max contract for uh he gets the 25 percent max uh that's not this year that'll be next starting next year and he's got kickers to get up to the 30 percent max if he makes uh first team all nba uh 28% if he gets second team, 26% if he gets third team. That was similar to the structure of Pascal Siakam's max deal as well. Uh so they drafted Ty- Tyrese Halliburton 12th, Robert Woodward 40th, and Jamias Ramsey 43rd. Uh they signed Frank Kaminsky, uh Shimize Metu, Glenn Robinson the 3rd and Hassan Whiteside. Uh leaving this team is Bogdan Bogdanovich, Ken Bazemore, Corey Brewer, Yogi Ferrell, Harry Giles and Alex Len. And staying for this team is Marvin Bagley, Harrison Barnes, Zemanya Bielitsa, Darren Fox, Kyle Guy, Buddy Heald, Rashawn Holmes, Justin James, Daquan Jeffries, Corey Joseph, and Jabari Parker. So, um, Sacramento Kings, you know, not a playoff team right now. I think that's pretty clear. Um, so we're going to see, you know, what happens with them, who can kind of emerge as guys that they're building around in the future. I think we know one of those guys is Darren Fox. Can Buddy Heald get back to playing like himself you know that he that the guy that earned that you know big it was a 90 million dollar deal an off season ago Harrison Barnes same thing like uh, he's he's owed three years at uh, you know about 20 million a year he needs to get back to playing like a 20 million dollar a year player Marvin Bagley again like you know Bagley has just not been able to stay on the court he's just been injured I, I've liked what I've seen from him at times when he's been on the court but he just can't stay healthy he needs to be able to stay healthy in my opinion especially if he wants the team to pick up that 11 million dollar team option for next year um, before he has restricted free agency now unless some unless disaster happens I think they will do that but he really does need to stay on the court uh, in my opinion uh, for him to really be looked at seriously by this Kings organization you know, Jabari Parker, again, we know, again, he needs to stay healthy if he can. He's a good offensive player, complete liability defensively. Tyrese Halliburton, is he going to play next to De'Aaron Fox? Uh, or is he going to come off the bench? Again, that's to be seen. Um, Hassan Whiteside, he gets signed, you know, for the minimum. He's likely going to be their uh, probably backup center. I would think um, if they're going to choose to play Marvin Bagley at center, uh, you know, Frank Kaminsky again, probably their third big Glenn Robinson, the third, I think that's a nice uh, grab for them. Uh, he's probably going to get some rotation minutes. Uh, but again, there's not really too many guys here that I see them being, uh, being useful enough to make the playoffs for the Kings. I don't see them as a playoff team. I think I, th- I still think they have a ways to go in their rebuild and uh, yeah, nothing really jumps out off the screen for me for the Kings right now. I think they 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 got a ways to go. It's as simple as that. They've got a they they need more evaluation on some of these some of these guys. They need to make some trades, try to accumulate some assets. Uh, and yeah, things things are still a long ways to go here for the Sacramento Kings before they consider themselves uh, real competitors in the West. Okay, the San Antonio Spurs. San Antonio Spurs drafted Devin Fizzell, Devin. Devin Vassell, excuse me, uh, twenty. Uh, Devin Vassell, eleventh. Trey Jones, forty-first. Uh, they signed Kade Bates, Diop, Cam Reynolds. Uh, they all leaving this team is Marco Bellinelli, Bryn Forbes, and Shmeze Metu. Staying with this team is Lamarcus Aldridge, Demar, Demar Derozan, Drew Eubanks, Rudy Gay, Keldon Johnson, Trey Lyles, uh, Patty Mills, Deontay Murray, Jakob Pertl, Luka Samanich. Lonnie Walker, Quindario Witherspoon, Derek White, and Tyler Zeller. So the Spurs here, you know, they went to the bubble, you know, weren't necessarily that competitive in the bubble from what I remember. They still have DeMar DeRozan who opted into his player option for $27 million. He's going to be a free agent next year. Um, LaMarcus Aldridge, same thing. He's going to be a free agent next year. Same thing with Rudy Gay. So between those guys coming off the books, the Spurs really have some big-time cap room that they're going to be able to deploy next offseason, which is good. You know, they obviously, Jonte Murray is uh, playing the first year on that extension that he signed. Um, I think it was a couple seasons ago now. Patty Mills, they got one year left for $13 million for him. Jakob Pertl as well. Um, obviously, he signed... That what was it? I think it's three years at the mid level. Looks like right. Yeah, both uh, three years at the full mid level for Jakob Pertl. He definitely earned it. He's going to be their starting center, if I had to guess. Uh, Trey Lyles. He's got one more year left on his deal. Devin Fussell is going to come in and get some minutes uh, there as a guy, a three and D guy that you know should uh, theoretically put the ball in the bucket. And then you got to find minutes for Derek White, uh, Lonnie Walker, 
and uh, Keldon Johnson as well. Oh, and Trey Jones, obviously, or sorry, not obviously, I should say, but uh, signed a deal here um, as they drafted him as well. So, you know, uh, the Spurs, I don't know. I, I, can't, I can't really put my finger on this team right now. I this this team looks like a bunch of mishmash parts put together in my opinion I don't really see any cohesiveness amongst this unit they're they're gonna have to convince me I'm not gonna lie they're gonna have to convince me because I don't I'm not very high on the Spurs right now obviously Greg Popovich is their coach yes we understand he is the godfather of coaches like this guy is uh, like Yoda I understand and I don't, I'm not doubting Popovich. I'm doubting the ability to get this roster together. I'm doubting the ability to mesh all these guys into one and just to get the most out of every single player on this roster. I don't know the style that they want to play. I don't know, you know, where the defense necessarily comes from outside of guys like Derek White and Deontay Murray. Uh, you know, uh, you know, Yaka Pearl can defend at the center spot, I guess, but like. There's just not much defense. Like Aldridge isn't guarding anybody. Neither is DeRozan or Gay or Mills or Trey Lyles or Vassell. So we're gonna see. Like we're gonna see how this all comes together. But right now, I don't project the Spurs to be a playoff team. And it's just truth be told, it's hard for me to really get a hold on what this team is right now. So we'll see what happens. You know, uh, as they come together. And finally, the Utah Jazz. Utah Jazz. Sorry, I got to scroll on my list here. Uh, they drafted uh, Udoka Azabuki, 27th overall. Elijah Hughes, 39th. Uh, free agents, they signed Derek Favors. Uh, they signed Trent Forrest on two-way. Romeo Gill undrafted. Shaq Harrison. Uh, leaving this team is Ed Davis, Tony Bradley, Rajon Tucker, uh, Emmanuel Moutier, and Justin Wright-Foreman. Staying with this team, Boyan Bogdanovich, Jarrell Brantley, Jordan Clarkson, Mike Connolly, Rudy Gobert, Joe Ingles, Donovan Mitchell, Georges Niang, Royce no Rose O'Neal, Mie Oni, and Nigel Williams-Goss. So for this Utah Jazz team, uh, they are going to get Bogdanovich back. Uh, again, they put up a good fight in that first round uh, against the Denver Nuggets, which obviously they blew that 3-1 lead. I'm sure that they're quite upset about that. Mike Connolly's in the last year of his deal. So is Rudy Gobert. He's going to be unrestricted next offseason. You know, they've got Boyan Bogdanovich for three more years here. They signed Jordan Clarkson for, to the four-year, $52 million deal. Uh, they still got Joe Ingles for a couple years. Derek Favors got, uh, looks like, two years, uh, three years at the MLE, the full mid-level. Royce O'Neal, they've got locked up on roster. Donovan Mitchell is going to start his maximum extension next offseason. Looks like he got the 25% max there. Uh, yeah, obviously signed Yudoka Azubuki, still got Georges Niang. So, you know, they've got a little bit of depth on this roster. Uh, some guys that really still can play. Uh, I'm not going to say no, they can't play by any means. But right now, uh, I don't see them as a contender uh, in the Western Conference. I see them as a playoff team for sure. But I don't see them as somebody who's going to contend uh, for the championship in my opinion. Now, next offseason, I mean, they really, they, they've they got to see if they're going to keep Rudy Gobert. they really got to see if they can keep him on the roster because if not, um, this team, uh, you know, subtract Mike Connolly and Rudy Gobert from this roster. And now we're really looking at some holes that need to be filled with free agents. So they're, you know, this year they need to really kind of prove themselves to Gobert, prove them, pr prove their worth that he's willing, uh, that he's going to be willing to resign there at a number that works for both parties. And I think, uh, if they're able to do that, uh, that they can, uh, they can kind of keep this momentum going here. But Otherwise, you know, the Utah Jazz have a very small window here to, uh, you know, try and be competitive and try and really make a push uh, through the playoffs. They've got to get past the first round. Uh, otherwise, I think there's going to be some some changes there in Utah. Okay. Thank you so much for listening. Uh, the, I think it's the preseason starts in just a couple days. We'll be back with some early preseason, you know, I guess, uh, observations things that I've seen, things that uh, to expect, this, that, and the other. There'll be more podcasts, obviously, during the season. But, uh, yeah, basketball is back. And in 12 days, we're going to have a regular season game. So it, it came fast and furious, and uh, we're almost – we're right there, right almost there. So it should be, uh, should be fun this season, guys, and uh, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks for listening.